In today's show, we're looking at the Southeast Division Summer League recap. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So yesterday, yesterday, today, I don't know when this is coming out. I'm trying to bang out these six divisions as quickly as I can. We looked at the Pacific Division Summer League recap. We're looking at the Southeast Division today. So that's going to cover the Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, um, Orlando Magic. Oh, actually, did I do it? I should have do it. Let's do it. And the Atlanta Hawks, which we're going to get into right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. The Atlanta Hawks. Let's look at their roster. They did have Tyrese Martin on the roster. He was on their real roster until today when he was waived. He didn't do a huge amount, and I guess that's why they waived him. They brought in um, Wes Matthews to replace him. They still need one player that they need to cut on their real-life roster. But in terms of just pure fantasy value on this Summer League team, Martin was actually the best. Now, it wasn't a great Summer League squad. They didn't produce fantastic fantastic numbers, even though they had uh, quite a number of roster players on there. Martin averaged 13 and 6 with a steal. I just don't really think he's got an NBA role. He had 26 usage, and I wasn't particularly interested in him. One of their draftees this season was Muhammad Gay, who averaged 10 and a half with 1.4 blocks. He played 24 minutes a night. And now I know there is someone who you see do some uh, contributions a lot on Reddit, Perkins for three. His username is over there, same as on, on Twitter as well, who I've interacted with quite a few times. He is massively high on Muhammad Gay. I'm not, but that's fine. Gay was picked at pick 39 in this draft. And yeah, I just I don't know where he where he fits on an NBA team. His shooting isn't quite there. Even though he did hit thirty eight percent of his threes, what was interesting is the fact that he did get one point four blocks, and he was able to be useful on low usage, which is not something he did at Washington State. So fitting into that role is always something that's important to look for, and he did it here. I don't see the minutes here on this team with Sadiq Bey, Jalen Johnson, Clint Capella, and Yekara Kongwu all getting those minutes in the front court. Gay is only 20, a little bit older than some of the players in the draft, but not super old. It was an okay showing from him. I thought he showed a few things, but I do think that his ceiling is tapped out at being a reserve big man. Miles Norris is someone they signed really, really quickly to a two-way deal. I don't really know why. He is 23 already. He didn't block a single shot despite being a, a big man. Uh, 14 minutes, seven points. Shot 60%, but didn't hit a single three either. Or anything. Oh, he did. Sorry, my bad. He went 46% from three. So he's actually really good from three. And the, their other two-way guy was Seth Lundy, who was the 46th pick in the draft. He was, or he is still, a wing that played for Penn State. He hit two threes a game and did that at only 32%, but only nine points in 18 minutes. I would have hoped he could have got a full contract, but their roster was relatively relatively full, and Lundy's going to have to battle to find a, uh, a rotation role. 1.4 blocks is interesting, but it's probably just an outlier. Your best case scenario, could he take over the role that Garrison Matthews currently has on this team? Yes, Garrison Matthews is on the Atlanta Hawks. 
Lundy would like to, I guess, move into that role, but but who knows? But the, I guess the highlight player we wanted to see was Kobe Bufkin, who many thought could be a lottery player. Sorry, many thought could be a top 10 player. I had him in the lottery. And I would say that his summer league was disappointing. He was placed in a role where he was the number one guy, 31% usage, but the numbers just weren't good. 14 points, under a three a game, 0.8 steals, 33% shooting, 14% from three. Now, there are a few things to look at there. Was he a bust? No, we can't make that call now. It's impossible to do that. Part of the reason that he was getting a lot of buzz was he had these insanely high finishing numbers, really good mid-range stuff, some solid three-point shooting, good defensive numbers. Now, and he averaged 0.8 blocks and 0.8 steals, which is okay, but he just couldn't get anything to really fall. And only 14% shooting from three and under 46% from two is really bad. The passing was also really poor early on, um, but it did improve as he went on. But he averaged 3.6 assists to 4.6 turnovers, which is terrible. Now, he's not going to have a role early on, I would guess, because DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, AJ Griffin, Bogdan Bogdanovich are going to get most of those minutes. I think he can still be a rotation guy early on. He'll get some minutes, but it'll be like 10 minutes a game. I'm not writing him off because the shooting numbers were horrendous here. And I thought as each game went on, he started to look a little bit better, just from a processing and decision-making point of view. Still really young, even though he was a sophomore. He's still not 20, so very, very young as a player. I wouldn't use this to write him off at all. But you know, 42% true shooting on 31 usage is really bad. But maybe this enables him to slide down some dynasty rookie drafts. Vic Krejci, I don't know that he's going to make the final roster. I think they'll probably end up waving him. He averaged uh, five assists and six points. He's 23. He had a couple of moments at times a couple of years ago for the Thunder. But the shooting was bad, and I'm just not sure that he's an NBA player. And I really would have loved to see more out of AJ Griffin. I would have hoped that Griffin could land himself in a larger role this season, but I'm not sure that he does. Even though John Collins is gone, I think they'll start Sadiq Bay at the four, and then the guys who are battling to get those increased minutes are going to be AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson. I would have loved for them to start Griffin. Wait, if they trade DeAndre Hunter, maybe Griffin can start. Uh, we'll see how they, they end up doing that. But Griffin didn't really ball out. He only played two games in 24 minutes, nine points, 27% shooting. Don't let that dissuade you from uh, Griffin. He's only 20, so he's the same age as Kobe Bufkin again. Um, he's not even 20. He's 19. He turns 20 in a month. So very, very young as a second-year player. And there is an increased role potentially coming for him this season, but it is still a little bit clouded with Bay and Johnson and Griffin. Uh, I would love for him to take over from DeAndre Hunter really, really soon. I just think we're a little bit away from that. I would be investing in AJ Griffin still in dynasty formats, although this wasn't a particularly inspiring performance from him. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. If you bet 20 bucks, you'll get 200 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line, over-unders, to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Let's go to a team that had just a ton of roster players on it. So much so, I can't even fit them all on this graphic. Sorry to you, Xavier Sneed. If you're looking for your Sneed takes, it's not going to be listed. The Charlotte Hornets. So many roster players and one of the worst watchers you will ever see. Watching this team was torturous. 
everything about them was terrible. They were, they cannot, how can, how is every one of these players bad? I don't know what the hell happened with this team. Because in real life, they're not as bad as with a team that got the second overall pick. Yes, they were bad last season. That was injury related. They're going to be okay. But this team was painful to watch. Didn't have that game where they was 25 to 5 after the first quarter. There was a game where they shot like 18% against the um, Spurs. They were dreadful. This whole team was bad. Let's start with Brandon Miller. Played 31 minutes, 15 and 7, 3 assists. Thought his passing was pretty good. Shot only 38 from the field, 31 from 3, 23 usage. And the thing about it is people go, well, when he plays with Lamelo Ball, they have better players setting him up. And, and that's true because no one on this team could pass. But also when he's playing alongside Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood, Miles Bridges, when are they ever going to look for him? When's he going to get usage? He can't create his own shot. I thought he looked unathletic, which was part of the reason I had him down at five or six in my pre-draft big board. I had him low. Right? I'm not big on him at all as a player. Well, that's not true. I think he can be solid. I just didn't think he was as good as the other guys that I had ahead of him. So I had him at six, actually. Um, and nothing that happened in Summer League makes me change my opinion on that. I don't look and go, well, he's an absolute bust because he sort of did what I thought he could do. A guy that maybe can develop into a number two or three offensive option six, seven years from now in his career. He's still young, obviously, but he's not as young as others. Like we talked about Kobe Bufkin and AJ Griffin. He's almost a full year older than both of those players, even though he was a freshman. The defensive stuff was okay, but it's just the lack of burst, the lack of finish, the lack of creating your own shot. I just, he didn't, he didn't wow me at all. He's got good size. I stood next to him. He's big. He's 6'9". He's a legit 6'9". He's big. But as an on-court player, I, I I think he probably does start opening night. I also think he's going to be overdrafted for fantasy because he's not going to get huge usage and he's going to have struggles getting the ball in his hands or doing a bunch of stuff, I think. I think he's going to get overdrafted, as most rookies do. And he was the best of the bunch. Their, their team, Kai Jones. Um, Kai Jones... One thing I'll say about Kai Jones, in previous summer leagues, he was out there playing as a three and attempting threes. And in this one, he just didn't take them and said, well, I am just a sort of rim-running center. 2.2 steals and 1.2 blocks is impressive. 63% shooting is much better than where he was in the past. And he has taken absolute steps forward. But you would hope so. He's played two full NBA seasons. He was a first-round pick. A a terrible one, but he was a first-round pick. He had that big um, highlight, alley-oop, throw-down, throw-in over Victor Weminyama. Protected the rim okay, but... He's still not a rotation player. He's not going to be playing ahead of Mark Williams or Nick Richards or Miles Bridges or even JT Thor, who I think they're going to be using as their backup four because I don't think they're bringing PJ Washington back. So I think that Jones is in real risk of getting his fourth-year option declined and being out of the NBA. Nick Smith Jr., a guy that came in with high potential out of high school, struggled with injuries, at Arkansas, and it was a little bit of the same. 14, 4, and 3, 41%, 62 from the line, 32 from three. He's got good height. He's an okay passer. The shooting wasn't there, but I don't think that he profiles into future star. I don't think that he profiles into future guaranteed starter. Can he ever be a top 15 point guard in the NBA? I really doubt that. Um, Yeah, look, part of, I think, what's going to keep him being you're viewed positively is the high high school rank. That stuff is sticky. Look at Cam Reddish. Oh yeah, but look at Cam Reddish. He just needs the right opportunity. Like I think that's going to follow Nick Smith around as well. And on this team with Rogier, with LaMelo, I don't know where he goes. I could think he probably is in the rotation because 
their backup point guard situation is literally Nick Smith. I don't know who else. Well, I know Rogier is their backup point guard, but in terms of guys that come off the bench, there's not. they lost Dennis Smith. So they don't really have that guy there anymore. So he's going to play some minutes, but I think he's going to really struggle with efficiency and decision-making. James Booknight, I probably will never mention this bloke ever again. He's trash. I heard some things about him that I wasn't... You know, obviously, we've seen the stuff with the, the um, drink driving and traffic violations repeatedly with him. There was I, I heard that he is just you know just a real problem behind the scenes. I, that, that, that's that's what I heard. I I don't know that, but where I heard that from, I believe the information that I got. And then on the court, this bloke played twenty four minutes a night and averaged point eight assists. He shot thirty eight percent. I've I have almost never seen a worse performance. Actually, I, I would have to say that for a third year lottery pick, there has never been a worse summer league performance than what James Booknight put up. I was out on him as a player at draft time, but I didn't even expect this. 12 and 5, under an assist, a steal, 38%, 23 from 3. He looked completely disinterested. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. Don't buy into it. Do not buy into it. He's bad. He should get his fourth year option declined. They should cut their losses and move on. He's just bad. He just does not make sense the way he plays in the current NBA. James Nagy is a guy that I do like. I don't think that he's coming over this season. I think he's going to stay in Barcelona one more year. He's still not 19. He only played 18 minutes a night, but he blocked two shots a game in 18 minutes. He's big. He's seven foot. He's young. Six rebounds. He's never going to be a big scorer, but we have seen these late picks, Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert, late first round guys, as centers who can develop into good fantasy players. Could he ever be a 10 and 11 player with 2.2 blocks on 70% shooting? Yes. It's a long way away, and it might not happen on this team because Mark Williams is there, and Williams is a better pros- better player currently than Naji, although he's three years older than what Naji is. Naji's a guy that if you're in a dynasty league, you draft him with value, but you don't expect anything for three or four years. It's a long way away from coming, but he was good enough, I thought. The offense, I don't think is ever going to come around, but defensively, I think he's okay. Amari Bailey was a very high draft pick for a guy to be put straight onto a two-way. Pick 41. Bailey was a guy that I thought could have been a first-round player. He's only 19. I don't know why they put him on a two-way. I would have hoped they could have kept him onto a full contract. That's weird in terms of development, but we'll see. He only played 16 minutes a night, nine points, three rebounds, and an assist. I thought he was significantly better than Bryce McGowan's. I thought he was significantly better than James Booknight. I thought there were times when he looked better than Nick Smith out there. But the fact that he's on a two-way... The fact that he's going to be buried behind a lot of these guys, he's not particularly strong for his future value. But again, context is important. You look at him and go, well, why do you only play 16 minutes? Well, because Booknight was playing uh, 24 and Nick Smith played 27 and Kai Jones played 25 and Miller played 31. There's so many rostered players on this team. Bryce McGowan's played 25 minutes. The Bailey, if he was on another team with no prospects, he would have got 28 minutes a night like if he was playing for the Clippers. He would have got 28 minutes a night and maybe would have got 16, 5, and 5 or something and looked much better. I am not giving up hope that Amari Bailey can be okay. McGowan's played 25 minutes, 12 points, just shot the ball horribly. I thought he showed flashes last season, but he's just not going to play again this season with so many players like Smith and Miller and Haywood and Bridges and maybe maybe Thor, if you want to count him as a wing. He's not really. McGowan's is more of a two, not really a one. Um, but he's someone to, yeah, I thought flashed a little bit and probably should have been a first round pick maybe last season. He wasn't particularly interesting in summer league. I thought he, he struggled at times, but he's someone I'm a little bit excited. Not excited is the wrong word. Someone that I'm monitoring 
for future value. They do have Leaky Black, who they signed to a two-way. Really good defender, but generated no defensive stats whatsoever. There's Xavier Sneed and Kobe Simmons, who I think is still on their roster, Kobe Simmons. He averaged five points, Simmons with four assists. Well, maybe Kobe Simmons is their backup point guard. Uh, and Xavier Sneed had three points on 20% shooting. So they had um, nine players play on this team that are on their roster. Not true, because Najee's not currently on the roster. So eight players, plus pick 31 in the draft, James Najee, who are on their regular season roster, and they were still absolutely unwatchable. Miller, again, the big takeaway take for me is James Booknight's trash. Nick Smith is okay-ish, I guess. And Miller is sort of what I thought where I had him at pick six. I, that's where I had him. That's what I thought he produced. And I thought that the deficiencies in his game showed up. Let's look at the Miami Heat who played through I think Sacramento and then in Vegas. They had five interesting guys. Three of their two-way guys all played here for the Heat. Um, let's talk about Orlando Robinson, who was one of the best players through Summer League. They didn't bring back Cody Zeller. They have not brought back Omer Yurtseven. They signed the tank, Tom Bryant. Um, but Robinson, I think, I think there's a chance he's better than Bryant already. He averaged 20 and 8, 3 assists, 1.7 steals, shot 38% from 3. I think that if Bam does get hurt, well, I wouldn't be shocked if they give Bryant a chance immediately and quickly change over to Robinson. I think that he has legit backup center rotation every night, NBA upside. I thought he flashed it last year as well. And nothing that he showed here changed my mind. This is I'm not saying this because he played well in Summer League. He did play well in Summer League. I think he was a first-team All-Summer League player. He's 23. I just thought he dominated when he needed to dominate, and I think there's a chance that he's a better player than Thomas Bryan already. thought Little Chungus was okay. Nikolajovic, he played four games, 15 points. He's only just turned 20. But what else did he do? Like, 15 points is okay, right? 40% shooting is not. 33 from three is not. Steals and blocks, not non-existent. Assists, non-existent. This is part of my issue with him in the draft last year, is that I'm not really sure what he can do. Like, he's not a shot-blocking player. He's not Puzingas. He's not an elite shooter. He's not any of that. He's just sort of a guy who's a... They tried at center a little bit, but he's probably more of a four slash three. And I don't think he's good enough defensively out there. I am just not high on Nikola Jovic as a player or as a prospect. And while he was totally serviceable in these minutes in summer league, I don't think that he stood out and made me unbelievably excited. You know what I'm going to say about Jaime Jaquez? He started off with a fantastic first game. I think he had 3,000 in his first two minutes and then was really good. But after that, he wasn't. Jaquez is 22 already, so he's an older player. I wouldn't have picked him where they picked him. I know people go, man, it's just heat culture. Look how good he is. They're going to turn him into a great player. And maybe they turn him into an okay player. I don't think there's any sort of star upside with Huckers. And one of the things that I will always tell you, am I being a hater? Some of you will think that. You would definitely think that I'm being a hater, but it's very important. Everyone highlighted what Jaime Huckers did in that first summer league game. Man, look what the Blazers could get here. They could get Huckers. He's already ready. Heat culture, NBA ready. And then... What do you have, four points the next game? And he ended up averaging 13 points per game on 43% shooting. He had one steal in two games, two rebounds and one and a half assists. He had an ankle problem, which did limit him. He only played 19 minutes um, per game. And that that's part of it, 19 minutes a game across the two games. But we look at that first game and then, it, well, not we, because I'm telling you that I didn't, but you have the, there can be the tendency to look at those n- numbers in that first game and go, well, look at this. Huck has dominated. And then he was 
bad in the second game. And I, he was not a shooter at UCLA. I think he shot 32% across four years from three. He was similar... Um, not similar. So he had had that struggle with his shot and where he fits in. Can he be an okay defender? Maybe. He's not... I don't think he's a power forward, but maybe on this team he has to play some minutes there. He's definitely not someone that I'm interested in drafting in um, uh, redraft leagues. And I'm not that high on him in dynasty leagues. And I think that you know, those 13 points per game in 19 minutes isn't terrible, but it's also not mind-blowing. Then there's their three two-way guys. Jamal Kane, who showed really quite a bit last preseason... He's already 24, but he had 15 points on some really good shooting numbers. Uh, 62% true shooting. He's a two-way guy. And the other two guys are Drew Smith and Jamari Boyea. Uh, Drew Smith and Boyea are more point guards. Kane's more of a, a three-slash-four who can sort of play up a little bit. All of these guys were okay. Boyea averaged seven assists. Drew Smith averaged four and a half with 2.7 steals. Just some solid numbers. And we know that if I'm looking at those three guys, Boyea, Smith, and Kane, Kane is the guy I'm most interested in in looking at Miami Heat development guys. The other guys who aren't on rosters that are worth at least keeping in your mind is Chase Odish. Odish? I think it's Odish. Um, maybe Drew Peterson. I'm not that interested in Peterson. But Chase is someone I'm a little bit interested to see if they can develop him. But Kane is the guy that I look at here. He was hyper-efficient. And Smith, with some good assists and steal numbers, is someone to keep somewhat of an eye on. Let's talk about our Orlando Magic. Not a huge amount of prospects on this team. We'll start with Kevon Harris, who was on a two-way last year. He's on a two-way again this season. He only played one game. He scored 21 points. I thought he looked good when he was out there, but he's already 26. He had two steals. He's not a long-term upside player. The high draft pick is Anthony Black. And Anthony Black's first game shot 70% from the field. Everyone was watching that, and people were super hyped about what he can bring. Now, I was, I was going to say famously, but I'm not famous. So it's not a famous opinion. But if you have been watching this show, you know I'm not as interested in Anthony Black as I am as many other players. I did not have him as a top 10 player in this draft. I had him at like 12 or 13 in my dynasty rookie ranks. I'm not that high on him. And the reason is basically what we saw here. 11, 8.7, and 4 assists. He hit 1-3 across 3 games. Is that right? On 17% shooting? I think that's right. Just checking that out. Uh, no, 2 threes. Two threes. Is that what he yeah, two threes across those um, three games. He hit him at 17%. He hit 55% from the line. He, yeah, you look at this and you have to be, you have to look, oh, is this Alfred Payton? I know it's the magic comparison, but he can't shoot. The shot looks completely off. And while I do like Asar Thompson and I do like a men Thompson who both can't shoot, they're way more dynamic and way more athletic and way more, uh, I think, defensive playmakers and offensive playmakers than what Black is. And I worry that a guy like Black, if you can't get any resemblance of um, defensive stress that you put on the other team through your shooting, I don't really know where you go. And again, the first game, great. 70% shooting, finished at the rim well, but still ended up shooting only 41% overall. So I would say that Anthony Black's summer league was more in line with my expectations for him versus others. Now, defensively, I think he's still really good. He's got good court vision. I think he'll play better on a well-spaced team, but I don't think he's going to play a huge amount. Is he going to play ahead of Markel Fultz? Is he going to play ahead of Jalen Suggs? Is he going to play ahead of Cole Anthony? I would say that there's almost no way he plays more minutes than all of those guys. And I would say that it's more likely he plays fewer minutes than those three than he plays more minutes than two of them. I just think he's going to be relatively buried early on and... I think he just needs to work on that shot. Jed Howard, that the strength of him is the shooting, and he showed it. 40% shooting. He hit almost three threes a game, 13 points, but can't rebound. 
He's six foot eight, but can't rebound. Another like three rebounds a game in 29 minutes. But interestingly, he showed more self-creation and more passing, which when I talked to Albert Gim of No Ceilings, he was massively high on Jetty because I think he can have some real upside as a creator and self-creator. I was pretty doubtful of that, but he flashed a little bit of that here. So that is a little bit interesting. I definitely wouldn't have picked him at 11. And again, I don't really know where the minutes are going to come from. He's not replacing Franz Wagner. Is he getting the minutes over? Uh, look, this is all Gary Harris on this team. Like, he's going to play over Gary Harris. I don't think we're going to see much of Jet. But he sort of did what we wanted in terms of shooting. Flashed a little bit more in passing. So overall, I'd say it's a little bit more positive for me with Jet from Summer League. But still, I'm not massively into him. Caleb Houston was an early second-round pick last season. He hit 33% of his threes, 15 points, two and a half threes a game. He had a few starts last season. I don't really think there's upside in him as a scorer. I think that, or as an NBA starter, I think Howard should replace him in the rotation and how and Houston will keep sort of battling along. He is only 20, so he's still really young, but I don't, I don't really see it. Not much um, played out there. And we eventually did get to see Kai Soto play, and I am going to bring him up because I know there's a huge Filipino audience that watches this show. So if you are Filipino and you are watching this part of the show, look, Turn it off. Yeah, you're gone now. Kaisato is not an NBA player. Sorry to say. He did block two shots in 11 minutes a game. Three points, three rebounds. He just isn't an NBA player. And that's totally fine. He doesn't have to. He can be your country's best player uh, and best player in history, which I'm sure he is. But he's not an NBA player. He didn't get minutes here in Summer League. And he's just better off having a successful career, whether it's in Asia or in Europe. Or even in Australia, where he, he struggled to play down here as well. He's not an NBA guy. They signed him, I think, for memes or for social media engagement, which it might be a shitty thing to do. I just don't think he's ever going to make it. Welcome back, Filipino listeners. Let's go to the last 10, the Washington Wizards, who had quite a few prospects that we've got to talk about. Ryan Rollins, we didn't really see at all last season from the Warriors. He came across in, I don't know, one of the many trades they did. I think it was the Chris Paul trade. Rollins was the 44th pick last year. He barely played at a broken foot. He's only just turned 21. 14 points, 5 assists, 2.3 triples. Didn't shoot well, 27% from three, but I do think he's a reasonable shooter. I think he has actually low-end starter upside. It's not going to happen this season because Tyus Jones, Dillon Wright, Jordan Poole are all there. But in three years' time, if Rollins is a 22-minute-a-night backup or a low-end Monte Morris-type starter at point guard, I wouldn't be shocked. He showed me enough to go, ah, oh, that's a nice little piece that they got in that trade. John Davis, um, never would have picked him at where he was picked. I think, though, to be fair to him, he has improved. He was better down the stretch. He looked better here. I don't think he's got really any shot at starting on this team, but he averaged 16 points and five rebounds with one and a half steals, but still, 40% from two? Yuck. He did hit 43% from three, but I just worry about what does he do when he's not a high-usage player, and can he be efficient? And so far, the answer is not really. Xavier Cooks, 14 and 9, 65%. He is on a on, on their roster. He's old. I don't think he's going to play a huge amount, but he's an interesting guy that might be able to carve out like a Tory Craig-like career at this point. Tristan Vukcevic. No word whether Vukcevic is going to play for the Wizards this season. I believe he wants to, but I don't think they're going to bring him over. He was the 42nd pick, and part of the appeal of Vukcevic was that he was a three-point bomber. He hit 23.5% of his shots from three, which is obviously not very good. Average 12 and seven with a block, but highly inefficient. And this team, the Wizards, like their big man stock is low. It's Gafford and Anthony Gill, because I don't have Isaiah Todd anymore. Like, who's their backup center? There's no one there. So there is, a, there is an opportunity somewhat for him to get some playing time, but 
you wouldn't want to go into the season with Tristan Vukcevic as your backup center, as a rookie who can't really defend or protect the rim well, and then the shot was off at Summer League, and he's going to get roasted. I know they're aiming to be bad, but maybe they're not aiming to be bad. They got Maybe Mike Muscala is going to be their backup center. Jesus Christ. Their backups, that is one of the worst backup center situations in the entire NBA. Let's talk about their first round pick, though. Bilal Kalabali. The first game that I watched of the Wizards, he was invisible. He just turned 19, he's, so he's very young. But offensively, he was nowhere to be found. I thought he defended really well. And then as the games went on, he improved. What is impressive is his length. He's very, very long. His defensive instincts are great. He blocked 2.3 shots per game. But the shot is just way off. 18% from three, 48% from two, 68 from the line. I like that he was able to ramp the usage up a bit to 19%. He averaged 12 points, four rebounds, and two assists. There is zero chance in my mind that he is a starter for this team this season. I know people just think, well, we, you know, we're bad. We're just going to start the young guy. Almost no chance. I, I, he is going to be drafted in fantasy leagues, redraft, and I think it's going to be a mistake. I'll tell you why. Because I think they're going to start Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Daniel Gafford, Kyle Kuzma. Lock all those four in. Four, not five, four. There's one spot. Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, Johnny Davis, probably not. Calabali, yes, you want to see what he can do, but I think it's a terrible idea to get him in there playing big minutes straight away. He is very much not ready. The instincts are there. We see a few little flashes, but it would be foolish to see him play big minutes straight away. And the fact that how lost he was offensively early on in this was, I think, yeah, backs that up for me. Defensively, I like it. I think he's going to be a good defender. Offensively, I am not convinced. Patrick Baldwin, Patrick Baldwin, you watch him play, came across from the Warriors in that, uh, I think it was the Trace Jackson Davis trade. Played 27 minutes, but I need him to shoot better. You watch him and they go in, you oh, that looks smooth. And then you look at the numbers and it's why your yeah, eye test is important, but also not the be all and end all. Because you can watch the little highlights of Baldwin and go, oh, that big man, 6'10", he hit a three. Yeah, 27% of them. I, I I would he needs to be a forty percent three point shooter, but he's not. Eight points in twenty seven minutes, one point three blocks is nice. There is the framework there of a three and D sort of a player, a three and D big man, a stretch big man. But much like his college career at Milwaukee, he didn't hit threes and he didn't hit him again here. There's a chance maybe at a rotation role for him as like the eleventh or twelfth man, maybe behind Kuzma and behind Avdia. But he needs to step up. I think Rollins is a better prospect than Baldwin, even though Baldwin was the first round pick. But I'm not out on Baldwin completely. He's still young. He's only 20. Um, so, you know, Vukcevic is 20. Kalabli is 19. Baldwin's 20. Rollins 21. Johnny Davis 21. So a few young guys here. Um, but they need to show a little bit more. And then Quentin Jackson's on a two-way. He had 7-4-4 four, and four in 19 minutes. Not sure he's going to play a huge amount. But I thought when he got some minutes last season, there was a couple of little things. Maybe just a name to keep in mind for end-of-season tanking, which is almost definitely going to happen with this team. And that'll do it for me today from the Southeast Conference, some, Southeast Division, sorry, Summer League recap. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Yes, 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 yes. If you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.